heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your own phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more podcast platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome everybody to episode number 29 of the YWC Football Talk podcast. Today I have a brand new guest to the show, Um, believe it or not, a Patriots Nation member and a Bills Mafia member are hooking up for a podcast from the Overreaction podcast and the Below Fanatics podcast. I have with me at Joe Miller Wire, Joe Miller the Third on Twitter. Joe, let's talk some football and welcome to the podcast. Hey man, thank you so much. I appreciate you having me in. It's uh, it's it's dare I say an honor to be on the podcast of a New England Patriots fan. <laughs> it's an honor. I take I take that honor very. Uh, what was I going to say? I take that honor. You know what? And it's also good to talk to a Bills fan too. So you know what? Sometimes we can put our differences aside. And just just talk football in general. So today we're going to cover everything. We do have some breaking news involving both teams. And to as we are recording right now, we're getting ready for the Buccaneers versus the Bears. But the breaking news I wanted to talk about quickly, and I'm going to go into – I'm just going to mention my part quickly, is that the Patriots-Broncos game has been moved to Monday. The time, I don't know. But the breaking news – and I'm going to let Joe get in on this because I know he's probably not happy about this – is that the Bills-Titans game, as long as the Titans do not have any more positives, which we'll wait and see on that, is now scheduled for Tuesday night at 6, which then means that the Bills-Chiefs game, which I was really looking forward to next Thursday night in the standalone Fox slot, is now Sunday, which hopefully they can get that into the 425 slot. But, Joe, the floor is yours. I'm going to let you go on about this because I know this rubs you the wrong way. Yeah, super not happy. Um, like, of all the ways that the Bills could be punished, like, there's it's 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 weird to me that the NFL, you know, they they made the decision about the Patriots and the uh, the Chiefs game. Like, they made it fast. They knew what they were going to do. Uh, they've already made the decision. Like, earlier today, they made the decision about the Patriots game that you just talked about getting moved. Meanwhile, they made a quick decision on the Titans and Steelers game when they canceled that game. And they sat there with, it, like, a deer in the headlights over this Bills-Titans game as the Titans, who have clearly thrown off, you know, every restriction and have not followed any protocols as it pertains to COVID and this pandemic and basically what the NFL has laid out in front of them. Uh, and and, and what, what, is, what does it amount to? It amounts to we finally get news that they're going to move the game, our game, against the Titans to Tuesday, right? So the, the, the Titans get two weeks of rest before they play the Bills. Then our game that was supposed to be against the Chiefs, on Thursday, both teams getting four days of rest now gets moved to Sunday. So the Bills, the Titans have two weeks of rest to play the Bills, and then the Chiefs get a full uh, week of rest to play the bit to play to play against the Bills. Meanwhile, the Bills get the short week. We're not super duper happy with it. Um, I'm not happy with it. I mean, Twitter, Bills Mafia, Twitter is blowing up, and everybody feels like we got shafted because we did. At the end of the day, though, I'm not necessarily convinced. Excuse me. At this point, that. Uh, that the Titans are going to be able to not have any positive tests tomorrow or the next day. I mean, if if we're talking about this like truthfully, it seems like there's going to be another positive test tomorrow, if and and more than likely the day after that. They, I don't know what they're doing down there, but they're not doing it right, right? No, they're not. <laughs> like when you have something like this, where it's like something as simple as okay, guys, you're not supposed to quarantine, but then like I was just be baffled myself when I found out. 
oh, hey, they were working out at this private school, which I actually listened to another football podcast, uh, or it's a radio show podcast, but Pro Football Talk. And Chris Sims is even saying, like, how, hey, that's where the uh, Titan players work out before training camp and stuff. But when you guys are supposed to quarantine because you have an outbreak and you break the rules, you it's no longer like, oh, hey, this is the NFL's problem. No, this is straight up. This is Tennessee. You were told to do this. You have more than right. 20 cases. It's not like the Patriots where it's, unfortunately, Cam Newton, Stephon Gilmore, and a practice squad member, or even the Raiders where I think it's one member too. This is 20 guys. And then also, mm-hmm. too, for the Bills to get shafted, like you said, like now they have to play Tuesday, and you have a short week where it's not just like anyone coming into town. It's the team that – it's the Kansas City Chiefs. It's the Bills going up on mm-hmm. four days rest versus a fully rested Chiefs team, which, to be fair, they're probably going to kill Vegas on Sunday. But, like, I agree with you in the sense, like, hey, look, like myself, too, I've, I'm not the fondest Bills fan. Do I admire what they're doing, and do I like the team, and do I like how Josh Allen's playing? Yes, because Josh Allen has very, really impressed me this year. But this, like I said earlier, too, not only are you guys getting shafted with the days off, Bills Chiefs deserves that standalone Thursday night slot. Like, I was so looking forward to that game. Like, if – the border was open right now and there were fans allowed in the stadium, which I know is another issue you have too with uh, Senator Cuomo, but mm. I would go to this game. Like I would seriously consider going down to Orchard Park and go to this game in a, I'm right right now wearing a plain clothed black Nike hoodie because if I wore any other colors and cheered against the bills, I would probably, I don't know what would happen to me, but I'd probably get put through multiple tables. <laughs> um, no, I said to throw that in there quickly, but no, um, that's just my thoughts on the whole situation with the Bills and the Titans, where you're right. Like, look, Bills Mafia has the right to be pissed off about this because it's like, oh, Tuesday night football is cool. Like, sure, Monday, the doubleheader Monday night with the Saints, Chargers, now Patriots, Broncos, which we don't know when it's going to be played. But if the news breaks does, breaks during the pod, we will update you. But besides that, like, I don't know what else to say because, like, even to the Bills were coming off a very impressive win against Vegas as well. Right, but you're talking. You're talking about. I mean. Yeah, Tuesday night is cool, except it's at 6.05. Like, who plays football at 6.05? Like, why not put that in a prime slot? Like, why not put it at 8.22 like everything else? And the NFL, you know, the NFL has a history of just scheduling, you know, bonker, like, sleeper, snoozer games on Thursday nights. And they've got now, like the one we just had with the Jets uh, last week, like, nobody watched that football game. The Jets and the Broncos, right? Um, is that yeah, who it was? I, I think it was the Jets say, and the Broncos. I most of that, most of that game mixed with Cardinals Padres. Right, right. So, and, and meanwhile, you've got basically the two teams. You know, if there's three teams in the, in the NFL right now that that the the just casual fan wants to watch, it's the the Chiefs, the Buffalo Bills, and the Seahawks. So you've got like the two big dogs going against each other. Even if the Bills were to have lost, or you know, if they played Sunday against the Titans and lose that game, that's still a marquee game with everything that's going on with this football team against the Chiefs. I mean, and the same thing is true of the Chiefs. If the Chiefs drop a game this weekend to the Raiders, which, like you said, they probably won't, but if they were, everybody's still tuning in to that football game on Thursday night. And the reality is, you know, this isn't the same Buffalo Bills team of old. This isn't the team that folded like a chair every single time they were on primetime against the Patriots or whoever else. Josh Allen, if you remember back to the Thanksgiving Day game last year, loves the lights. When the lights come on, he comes to life. So 
there's great expectation and, and anticipation from us. Now, am I saying, am I calling my shot and saying the Bills are going to win that game? No. Do I think it's going to be a dogfight? Yeah. Do I think it's going to be high scoring? Yes. Do the Bills have a chance? Yes. Am I guaranteeing a win? Absolutely not. But you know, we all want to see it on Thursday. We don't want to see it on Sunday buried in the slot someplace where the nation can't watch it. So, and that's the point you're making. It's just, it just sucks. And also, too, um, next, I screwed up there. Next Sunday afternoon, um, I don't know, the Packers play the Buccaneers. So for all we know, that's going to be the big game. That's not the Sunday night game. That's a 425 game. So if you have Bills, Titans, right. not Bills, Titans, if you have Bills versus Chiefs, which is a marquee game in the AFC, and then Packers, uh, Buccaneers, which is right now a marquee game in the NFC, I'm, we're waiting to see how the how the Bucks look tonight because this is like uh, going to be a good game mm-hmm. too because like Brady-Rodgers is always a very compelling matchup. That game's going to get lost. Mm-hmm. Like, and this is like I said, this is a game that deserves to be in the in the primetime lights. Like you said too, last year Thanksgiving, Josh Allen lit up the Cowboys in AT and T Stadium. Uh, week fifteen too. I know it wasn't that high scoring of a game, but went into Pittsburgh Sunday Night Football and won in Pittsburgh in a very mm-hmm. crucial game for the mm-hmm. Bills. Um, yeah, you're, yeah. This team, this like I said, this team doesn't fold the way they used to. It's just a different mindset. McDermott has them operating on a different plane. It's just different. Exactly, and that's another thing too to say. McDermott's really impressed me as a head coach. I was actually saying to myself today how some certain coaches who go from an offensive coordinator role or a defensive coordinator role work or don't work as head coaches. Like we saw it with guys like Todd Bowles, uh, Steve Wolf, uh, Steve mm-hmm. Wolf with uh, when he went from actually same thing as McDermott going from Carolina, but to Arizona, uh, Pat Shermer and. Mm-hmm certain other guys it doesn't work but McDermott's one of those guys where hey at first a lot of people were kind of like I don't know how Buffalo was exactly but he didn't get off the best start but then he actually you know his first year yeah they made the playoffs that last game went down yep. to Jacksonville missed in 2018 mm-hmm. but they're like hey look we're building towards the future 2019 have a great season and now 2020 currently as of right now two games up on New England for the division which if at this time last year you had said Buffalo's going to be 4-0 New England's going to be 2-2 and I think everybody would have had like a ha ha you're very funny reaction so I'm only saying that just because everyone thinks that the Patriots run the AFC East, which this year they have they have their money cut out for them. And that November 1st game, right now it's Cowboys-Eagles in the Sunday night football slot. But if I'm NBC or the NFL, I'm considering moving that game into primetime as well. well. Who wants to watch an NFC East game? Like that, They can't even figure out who wants to win that division. But no, I mean, it's as much as you said that, you know, everybody – we have been calling our shots since Tom Brady left as far as like owning that the AFC East. And I'm going to be honest with you. Cam has been a big surprise, uh, you know, and it, and it remains to be seen. You know, I, I'm not necessarily sure that Cam has been super tested yet as far as like who, you know, for, for, for his play and who he's going to be. Um, I think he's still settling in. I think he's still trying to figure some stuff out, which makes sense. You know, he's Josh McDaniels, brand new offense. He's learning it for the first time and they're trying to figure out exactly what he does well. Uh, but I think I had called, I had predicted if it was going to be Stidham or Hoyer before they signed Cam, I think I had called the Patriots to be third in the division behind the Dolphins, um, which clearly, you know, the Dolphins are a, a dumpster fire too. So the Jets and the Dolphins are both dumpster fires. And then obviously the Patriots, Bill Belichick does what he does. And, you know, what I tell my listeners all the time is in order to in order to be the man, you've got to beat the man. Uh, so, you know, that's what the Bills have to do. They need to go into, uh, uh, they need to go in against New England and they need to beat them. If not once, if not twice, and at least once. So we'll see. Exactly. Cause also too, the one thing that is noteworthy is that, um, Bill Belichick has certain ways of shutting guys down. Like we saw what he did to Patrick Mahomes, even though the Chiefs won by 16, Patrick Mahomes looked very, uh, pedestrian in the first half. Mm, and mm. for some reason, 
I have a Miami, I have a friend of mine. He's a very big Miami Dolphins fan, lives in South Beach. But he was telling me every time that Josh Allen goes against Miami, he is a career day. But it's the complete mm-hmm. opposite of what Josh <laughs> Allen does against Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick just has that way of figuring him out. But if Josh, if I don't even think that game is about how Josh Allen plays, it's just Brian Dayball. If, like you said, if you want to beat the, if you want to be the man, you got to beat the man. Brian Dayball has to have the game of his life co- coaching November 1st. And also, too, yeah. I said this from the beginning, that December 28th game, I think, determines who's going to win that division. Uh, we'll see. I think the Bills I think the Bills will have a claim on it before that. Um, they're out to a hot start. There's not – I don't think that there's a lot of – I mean, when I look, the Bills should beat the Titans. Uh, you know, the, the Chiefs game is going to be tough. They got the Jets right after that. They're going to they're beat the Jets. So, you know, worst case scenario, they're coming out of this, what, 5-1? Uh, and one? Uh, against the Chiefs before they play the Patriots. I mean, we'll see. I mean, it's there's a lot of football to be played. There's a lot of there's a lot left to be determined for us and for me as a football fan and a football watcher. We're just seeing a different Josh Allen than we have ever seen before. And you know, I have told, I say to my listeners all the time that we are living in wildest dreams land. You know, if if last year, you know, you, you're talking to, if I'm talking to you last year, and I'm telling you that, you know, in 2020, Josh Allen is going to be like in the race for the MVP. You're gonna, you're, you're gonna be like, yeah, in your wildest dreams. If I said to you last year, you know, Josh Allen is going to lead the league in in touchdowns. You know, after four games, you're gonna be like in your wildest dreams. Like literally, we are living in wildest dreams land. And it's not, to your point, you know, it's it's not fluky. Like, he looks different. He looks confident. He looks in control. I mean, he, more so than even that Thanksgiving game against the Cowboys, he looks like he's just got it all figured out and the game has slowed way down for him. So as he goes, this team is going to go. And if the Bills figure that defense out, and let's be honest, there's only two teams playing good defense in the NFL right now. Uh, but if, if, if that defense gets back to top two, top three form, and that offense continues to average thirty points a game. I don't. I don't know, man. I don't. I. I see the Bills potentially going thirteen and three this year. You know, uh, twelve and four. I mean, it's not running away with the division because the Patriots are always going to win their games. But it's going to be. I, th- I think it could be wrapped up. I think the Patriots get in. I think the Patriots are going to be a wild card for sure. Um, but it'll be interesting. To, I don't think it's going to come down to that last game. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Oh no no no! I get that. I just it's just me speaking too. Also with like cautious optimism that hey. Yeah. We're going to figure it out, too, because we the Patriots do have a very tough sliding still ahead, like, which they have Denver, which I honestly don't know what to think of that game right now. Even right. I thought for sure, oh, hey, we were going to win with Hoyer or Stidham, but the fact that we haven't been in the building yesterday, we haven't been in the building today, hopefully they can get in the building tomorrow, Saturday, and even Sunday for a walkthrough. Yeah. We'll see what happens, because the, the Broncos are good. Like, the Broncos look good, but then i got to remind myself, hey, it was the Jets, and this Broncos defense is very banged up right now. Yeah. So and, I, and let and let's be honest, both of our football teams. If Cam goes down, your season's over. If Josh Allen goes down, our season's over. So let's just <laughs> let's just call it like it is. Like our quarterbacks have to stay healthy. <laughs> exactly. And also, too, the one thing I got to say as well is I said this last year. I know the Bills. Um, they need. I said this. I'm like watching the game week 16 last year. Bills Patriots. I'm like mm-hmm. they need a deep ball threat. I'm sorry, but like no offense, but Cole Beasley and John Brown aren't those guys where they're gonna make like be those stars for him. Yeah. What do they do? They go out and get Stephon Diggs. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. Like I Minnesota is a dumpster fire on their own right now. I think that this year Mike Zimmer and uh, Rick Spielman are gone, not because of the trade like Bill O'Brien, which I'll get into. Because for those of you who listen, know I have a very gripe with the Texans. <laughs> with that trade though, I was like, I thought you guys were going to go out and draft like Justin Jefferson, T. Higgins, like one of those guys, or even Brandon Ayuk. 
But then you go out and make this trade being like, hey, that trade basically said, like, we're here. No, like, there's no more, and I do allow this in the podcast, there's no more fucking around in Western New York. We're here. Right. We're here to make our claim. Because after Diggs signed, I think it was like a week or two, not signed, where he got traded, like a week or two later, it was when Brady left. So that's when Bills fans, like, there's actually hope in Buffalo now where, right. hey, we've got Devin Singletary. We got Dawson Knox. Josh Allen's ready to make that next step. Our defense is young and, like, upcoming. When I say that, too, I mean they're, like, they're there. Like, a young defense that's proven. You made the playoffs last yeah. year. Um, now you have, like I said, Stephon Diggs with Cole Beasley, with John Brown. Also, too, drafting Zach Moss. I really like that pickup for you guys from Utah. Don't forget Gabriel Davis. Gabriel Davis. The Bills are that team where they're saying, like, they're ready to make their claims. Yeah, and, like, Gabriel Davis is another one. You know, I would put I would put our top four wide receivers up against any wide receiver group in the NFL. Gabriel Davis has come to life. Um, as a rookie, he he just he's not playing like a rookie. Uh, he doesn't drop the football. He runs crisp routes. He understands what Josh Allen's trying to do. That digs that digs move uh, was next level. You know we we have a we have a name for for Brandon Bean in Buffalo. We call him Big Baller Bean. Uh, that trade you're speaking of is basically the Bills rolling the dice. You know where they were going to be drafting. You know they they basically assumed made the presumption that you know what more than likely the guy that we want isn't going to be there so let's just get rid of that pick and let's go get a guy that we want and they you know and they they made the move for Stephon Diggs and the dividends at this point that that has played has nobody could have seen it coming you expect Stephon Diggs to come in and be Stephon Diggs but the connection that him and Josh Allen have already is just other world like it's just not normal like the time like I love and I know you probably don't see it as much as I do but just the clips from practice where they're they're you know it's 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 Stephon Diggs Josh Allen and Brian Dable standing next to each other and they're doing you know the the hand waving things they're talking about like you know routes and where it should go and how the ball should be and and Diggs you know making Josh not making but you know having Josh Allen you know if, if a route doesn't go right like they run it again immediately and they'll run it again until Josh gets it right and then they like high five and like you know slap hands and do all that kind of stuff Stephon Diggs has made this football team better but we knew that we knew when that trade happened you know as as dangerous as as John Brown was and Cole Beasley was last year we knew that you know if you bring a guy like a true number one like Stephon Diggs onto this football team there is no way that the NFL defenses can cover all three of them and Singletary and Knox. And, oh, by the way, now you've got this Gabriel Davis kid, so we did draft a wide receiver, and you've got this kid that's come in here, and he looks like a talented kid that's like going to be able to play in this league for a very long time. I'll say it again. I would put our wide receiver group up against any wide receiver wide receiver group in the NFL, our top four. I don't know that there's a better top four in the NFL. The only other one I can think of that's good, even though the team sucks, is the Dallas Cowboys. But, like, you're right, like, because the one thing I was worried about, I'm not, I'm not saying this out of way, like, oh, like, like, I, I, I hope this doesn't happen. The one thing I was worried about as a football fan, not a Patriots fan, was how is that Diggs Allen connection going to work? Because we saw Allen's deep ball accuracy. Sometimes he just launches it a little bit too far, a little bit too much on the ball. But that those have gone away. Those problems have straight up gone away. Yeah, Josh Allen has impressed me. He's He's up there right now. I know you may not like this. I still think Russell Wilson's my MVP just because of the rate he was playing at. But Josh Allen's right in that conversation. Like sure. him, Rodgers, Mahomes. Like next year too, Josh Allen's going to – like when everyone's saying the 2018 draft class, which is very skeptical about who's going to get paid, I think Josh Allen's the first one from like that top 10 to get paid. It's possible. It's possible. And you're, and you're not hurting my feelings by saying that about Russell. Russell Wilson has gotten the short end of the stick for you know for a very long time. You know, there's The question is, is – 
is it going to be a Lamar Jackson situation where, you know, Lamar Jackson got the MVP because he was the most valuable player to his team. He was the most valuable player as far as in the NFL, but his numbers were borderline pedestrian as it pertains to being a passer. So the question is, is, you know, are we going to have a situation like that? Like, is Russell Wilson going to run away with it and be the MVP? And if he does, great. It's good for Russell. Russell's a good guy. And like, you got to love that kid. Or is it going to be a situation where Josh Allen, you know, has better numbers? Uh, Maybe their records are the same or the Bills are, you know, one win short of where the Seattle Seahawks were. And, you know, and it becomes a sympathy situation because the... The league and the writers are very, I'm going to use the word woke right now, to the fact that you know Russell Wilson has never even received an MVP vote. So it's very much in people's minds, and they understand the situation. So you know, if it, if it, if it happens for Russell, great. I, I, if it happens for Josh Allen, I'm going to say it again. We're living in wildest dreams land. Like, the fact that he's in the conversation is like, I wouldn't have imagined it in my wildest dreams, and yet here we are. It's crazy. No, exactly. You nailed every thought on the head, because like, when you look at this year with the passing rate, too, like, and also, too, one thing I want to say about week set, uh, next week is that if Josh Allen, if, I'm not saying he's going to win, because, like, I still think the Chiefs are going to win just because, like, right now the Chiefs are a better football team. But if Josh Allen goes out there and has a performance where he wows us and still throws for, like, three, 400 yards against that defense, his stock, like, for him, there's just the sky's the limit right now. Like, you're like you're 100% right when you keep reference, referencing it. The wildest dreams land. Like for Bills fans right now, it's just like, hey, we got Willy Wonka's golden ticket. We're four and zero. We're looking good. Um, there are these games coming up where if like Bills Titans, he's probably gonna like the. I have the Bills winning two. Chiefs Bills. We'll wait and see. And then like even two, like how you're saying, then the Patriots coming up, and then the Steelers down the line. That's another game. I think that's week thirteen or week fourteen. That's very intriguing for yep. playoff positioning because yep. Pittsburgh's back too. Yep. There's just so much, like, as a Bills fan right now, for the first time in a very long time, I feel like you guys are like, hey, we're going to be very successful going forward where every every year you kind of have, I feel like some of them have the skepticism of, oh, we don't know what to expect this year. But going forward straight up, you guys know we've got a good football team and we want to be kings of the mountain. We just don't want to be here to be here. Like, like I just said, you want to be that top tier football team. Yeah, and it's, and it's not just the team. It's the management. Like, you're talking about big baller bean. I mean, you're talking about a guy, you know, this whole COVID thing is going on. He makes a trade for Stephon Diggs. What does he do before before the, the season starts? You know, with the understanding and knowledge that, you know, that the salary cap is going to drop $35 million next year. He takes he takes Stephon Diggs, who's unhappy with his contract in Minnesota and unhappy in general, and he, moves, he gives him a new contract and moves all of his money into this season because they have a ton of room this season, knowing that, like, they're going to have, you know, that the, the cap is going to drop next year. And like just the moves that he's making, the contracts that he signed, this team, like the money that the, they have more money in the defensive line than any other position on the team. They've got two young running backs that are very talented. You mentioned Zach Moss and Devil, Devin Singletary. They're both on a rookie contracts. Josh Allen is on a rookie contra- contract. Tremaine Edmonds is on a rookie contract. I mean, they're going to have to do something about Matt Milano. Matt Milano is probably the best linebacker right now on that team. Tremaine is regressing a little bit and you know trying to find his way and he's coming off that injury uh but just from even from a management and a culture and a leadership standpoint uh, we're just it's just it's it, it literally feels to to me and I'm I'm older so I remember it literally feels Bill Polian Jim Kelly days like when Bill Polian was building that team 
it just has and I know you're younger than me it just has that same feel feeling there's just a different feeling it's 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 Belichick and 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 Scott Pioli right I mean it's you know when that whole thing was working out it was just there was just a different magic when it was Belichick and and Scott Pioli it just it was just different the the players they were bringing in the way that they were signing them the way that they were getting it done when they were jettisoning players like it, it was just different and that's literally how it feels here like that's the other thing too you're right on it's like sometimes too like with not sometimes like all the time with nfl teams people think oh it's always this great coaching that gets you championships no look at brett veach in kansas city look at like you're saying right now big baller bean bill belichick in and new england uh john schneider in seattle like Mm -hmm. that's the other reason too why i think the dallas cowboys aren't going to get where they are because you have the owner as a general manager which that can be a very meddling a very toxic situation which that's probably that if there was a team, I I will say this right now. I only do not like the buff. I like I've never had a problem with the Bills. It's just I went to a Bills Patriots game ten years ago and had a really bad experience. So the only reason for why I do not like Bills fans, with the exception of Joe Miller here and a couple other people that I'm friends with, <laughs> you're a good guy, Joe. But appreciate it. <laughs> management and making those risky moves, like you see it in every sport. Like I saw it up here two years ago when the and I'm going to go on to a different sport. But when the Toronto Raptors got rid of Demar Derozan, everyone was like, "Oh, what are we doing this for?" And they took Kawhi on a gamble. They won a championship. So to mm. make that to get those moves, you, um, excuse me, to get to where you want to be and to get to be a championship pedigree team, you got to make those big risky investments. If it doesn't pan out, it doesn't pan out. That goes for any team. But you know what? If it pans out, you got a championship. You can put a big fat ring, which I know if you did, the party in Western New York would go on from <laughs> February, whenever, till the middle of September. Probably. <laughs> um, and that's what I'm saying. Like, if, if it's just that's where it's worth it. Where if you can get to that Super Bowl level, like, like I said before, the sky is the limit for this football team, and there's nowhere to look but up. But if you're a Bills fan, because like I said this about the Patriots yeah. season that. It was Pandora's box, and I also did it in the sense, too, for the Bills just to see. Like, I knew they were going to be good as well, but you didn't know how exactly it was going to pan out with Allen's dig. But, like, right now that we open the boxes, besides Monday, obviously, that's a different story. I was not exactly happy with our quarterback. Both fan bases can pretty content, and especially you guys in uh, Western New York. Yeah, it's gonna and just just so everybody knows, and you know, my guess is the majority of your listeners are are Patriot fans. You know, the the Bills aren't counting our chickens before they're hatched. You know, we don't we don't. It's not Super Bowl or bust for us in two in twenty twenty. Um, it's just we're just living in in a, in a space right now where we're just as surprised as everybody else. And the fact that like the talking heads and the national media have come around to Josh Allen finally, and I'll be honest with you, even when I say that, and you're different because you live just across the border, so you get a lot of Bill's media and attention and you see what we see. These guys, the Pat McAfee's of the world, the Michael Lombardi's, these guys weren't watching Josh, Josh Allen play football. Pat McAfee was on Twitter, like they did a blurb, and he's like, you know, oh, I watched I watched Josh Allen play, and oh my gosh, he was amazing. And you could tell it was like the first time the dude had watched Josh Allen play. So there, we saw glimpses, but, you know, there was a great deal of, you know, as Josh Allen goes in 2020, this team will go. If he takes the step, great. We have a, a really good chance of maybe winning a playoff game. You know, if he regresses, then we're going to have to reassess and see where that puts us. But as Josh Allen plays, this team is going to go. And now we're just in a different situation where he is just playing at a lights out level. But even still, I would tell you that Bill's Mafia is as much as we are. I would I would say somewhat of a, uh, you know, obnoxious fan base at times. Not that others aren't. 
you know, I would tell you that we are not counting our chickens before. It's not Super Bowl or bust for us. We are, if we can, we're, right now our goal goals are set on winning a playoff game. Let's get to the playoffs. Let's win the East, right? We want to win the East, which we should. And then we want to win a playoff game. And then after that, you know, let's see what happens. Let's see where it goes from here. That's, that's what our mindset is at this point. Yeah, that's 100% the best way to look at it, where, you know what? don't count the chickens before they hatch. Like, obviously, with me being a Patriots fan, and my listeners, actually, I think it varies, because, like, I even looked at some of my demographic analytics. I was getting listeners in, like, Germany and Ireland and India. Like, I was shocked by that. So I don't know who or what <laughs> fans listen to it, but I know a couple of my friends who who I know always tweet me about the podcast. There's one guy. He does live in Connecticut, and he is a Pats fan. But the fact that you guys are looking at this still with that cautious optimism of, hey, it's not Super Bowl or bust. It's not Tampa or bust. Like, I would tweet that as a, Patriots fan probably years ago like I think I did it Phoenix or bust or Houston or bust Mm -hmm. because obviously that's Brady's window like this was a few years ago like I was saying Phoenix or bust when they won against Seattle in the 28 to 3 but with you guys how it's look get to the playoffs and win as you know I I live across the border I'm a Maple Leafs fan that's my goal right now I just want to see them win a playoff game before I even think about them getting near the Stanley Cup you guys to have that same optimism just hey Let's take it one game at a time. Let's first, you know what, little goals. Like, it's not even, like, big goals. It's just, your what are your short-term goals? Like, long-term goal, obviously, you guys want to raise a Lombardi. You want to have a banner in mm. Orchard Park. But for the fact that, like, I just love to hear that, where it's not like, yeah, you know what, we're going to Super Bowl. We're going to go to Tampa. All the Walmarts going to be sold out of folding tables and all this other stuff. But the fact, like, I'm just going to repeat it, but the fact that you're so just like, you know what, hey, let's make it to the playoffs. Let's win a playoff game and see where it goes from there is good. Because even, say, if you guys this year, because I assume Kansas City is going to get the bye in the AFC, if you guys win the wild card playoff game get to the and then get to the divisional or the conference and then lose, it's not something where it's like a mm-hmm. failed season. It's, hey, what did we do wrong in the playoffs that we can learn to get better going forward? Because that's what the best teams do. Like, look at New Orleans. Like, bad playoff exit after bad playoff, ex- playoff exit after bad playoff exit. They're still in that conversation mm-hmm. to where they know, hey, if we can go and tweak these couple little things, we're just going to raise our stock even more. So for Buffalo to look at it like that, nothing but respect for the organization for and and the and and the and like how you're saying how Bills Mafia is logical and they're not like Super Bowl or bust. How they're logical in the sense of hey, one playoff game at a time. I have nothing but positive to say about it, and I love it. Yeah, that's cool. And and to be honest, our our greatest fear, and again, you know, this is an age thing. So the Bills' first Super Bowl, Super Bowl twenty five. You know, not not a lot of people know this. The Bills were AFL champions uh, before the NFL, the AFL, and the NFL merger. So the Bills aren't championship less. They have won championships. They've just never won an NFL championship. But the Bills' first Super Bowl appearance was in Tampa, and pretty much the the scariest thing that that Bills Mafia has or like thinks about right now is you know Buffalo going to the Super Bowl in Tampa against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Like, that's pretty much the, the thing that nightmares are made of for for us at the moment. No, I understand. Because right now when I look at, like, the teams in the NFC, the Seattle defense worries me because, look, I understand having close games with New England and, and even Dallas, too, because Dallas has a great offense. But the fact that Miami, that that was a close game, that worries me about that and Seattle Miami. Seahawks team. So right now, My- like, if it was Buffalo-Tampa – but yeah. I would have to admit, like, say if it was you guys versus, oh, I don't know, let's say Green Bay in the Super Bowl and you won, I feel like it would still be great. 
But if you guys beat the man who went into Ralph, like into the Ralph or Ralph yeah. Stadium year after year after year, and I know his record's like I think thirty-two and three against the Bills all time. <laughs> okay, I'll stop. I'll stop talking. But I'm just saying. Just shut up. Shut I up. think there's no better poetic justice than you guys beating Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think it's just we would it, we, there would there wouldn't be a scarier game in the world for us. It would just be like yes, it would be poetic justice and the thing the stuff that dreams are made of. But yeah, it's it's just the fear of losing again in Tampa. Like and oh by the way, the quarterback's Tom Brady. But yeah, I, I don't see it happening. I don't think the Bucks have the juice. I don't think Brady's got the juice to make that happen. He's thrown just the amount of pick sixes that he's thrown is alarming. Uh, in the last whatever whatever is six or seven games, like there's 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 trouble in Brady Land, in my opinion, which is why Belichick was okay with moving on from him. I mean, that, you know, Belichick is the master of moving on from guys at the right time, and he did it again. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how that plays out for them. I have the same thing. I have the same feeling too, just like what you said with Tampa, because if you look at their wins, they beat Carolina. They beat Denver and they beat L.A. Who L.A. I know gave them a scare, but L.A. too is also still developing. That's why. That game next Sunday, I think, is going to tell us a lot about who this Buccaneers team is when they do play the Green Bay Packers. Agreed. All right, so um, we're going to do this quickly, guys. Or not going to say quickly. We're, we're not going to go deep into all the games, but we're just going to give predictions for Week Five. Uh, Joe, I know we talked a bit, of, well, not a bit. We talked at length about a little bit about my Pats, a lot about your Bills, because that's what I want to do when I have a guest of a team uh, who's a team. Uh, sorry, I'm getting my words mixed up. When I have a guest on who is a fan of a different team than I, I want to get their opinion too. And also to actually, before I get that, um, I just want to ask you uh, exactly with your podcast. Do you guys just do like guest bills talk to, or do you guys talk a little bit other uh, NFL? Cause I listen to some tidbits on Twitter of the podcast of you talking about the bills and stuff. Sure. So my, my, my show is called the overreaction podcast. Uh, and it is a Buffalo Bills exclusive podcast. It's just me. Um, I don't have any guests on during the regular season. It's just too hard. Um, and for me, my show is basically this, like, I don't consider myself an analyst. I don't consider myself a football expert. Did I play football in high school? Yes. Do I love football? Yes. Have I watched a lot of football? Yes. But my show is basically, uh, you know, I, I'm, I, as a fan, I'm talking to you as a fan and what do we as fans do? We sit on the couch and we overreact. So my show is basically taking that emotion that you feel on Sunday, sitting on the couch encapsulating it the best that I can and giving you those same reactions like on Monday morning. So my show airs on Monday morning uh, and it's basically just a reaction podcast just about what, you know, what happened in Sunday's game, uh, Sunday's Buffalo, Sunday's Buffalo Bills game. And it's, you know, my, my, my listener base is growing. Uh, it's growing by a lot right now and just a lot of good things. And, and I'm, and I'm getting, what do I want to say? I wanna, I'm, I'm getting mentioned with, some of the biggest guys in Buffalo that are podcasting, and uh, I've only been doing this for about a year. Actually, it's this week is actually legit my one-year anniversary doing it, so I haven't been doing it for very long, and I got picked up by Buffalo Fanatics uh, Network in December, which was a huge honor and a blessing, and uh, yeah, dude, just having fun with it. So yeah, if, if, if any Bills fans are listening, you know, roll over to my, my, my podcast. Uh, you can just search it on iTunes, over, Overreaction Sports, uh, subscribe to it, uh, listen to it, rate it, do all that kind of good stuff, but... You know, I do the best I can, like I said, just to kind of meet the fan where they are with what they're feeling and emotion. So I try not to be too negative, try not to be too positive. We just overreact. It's just what we do. So that's what fans do, right? Literally, it's it's me. Like my basically, your podcast is what every fan is thinking. It's just you go in front of a microphone and speak right. your mind. And oh, I love it. It's so like you said, guys. Overreaction podcast. You can find it anywhere. 
and picked up on a Buffalo Fanatics network. I'm actually coming. I'm not at my one year yet. My one year is in uh, January, but for right now, I oh, cool. for as much as I like, because I do talk Patriots, I do like to talk other teams and expand my horizons just so I'm not completely biased. But at the same time too, yes. Do I devote a lot of my times to Patriots football? Absolutely. Cause that's what I know the best. Sweet. That's awesome. But any, pardon me? No, I said, that's awesome. Thank you very much. Um, but anyway, let's just move on to uh, week five quickly is right now. Brady's, I wouldn't say driving down the field, two for three for 24 yards. That's the one thing I actually got to say I like about the Fox broadcasts right now is that um, they show mm-hmm. the graphic of what the player's stats line, stat line is on the yep. TV so you can kind of follow along. Um, yep. But if we had to pick this game tonight, I'm going to – I'm gonna because we're just going to go through this quickly. Um, I'm going to say that the Bucks win, but the Bears cover. I think it's a six-point spread. Uh, the Bears are pretenders to me. I don't know who the, I don't know who the Bears are. So as much as they, they're – uh, did they lose last week? As much as they've got a, a decent record, you know, I don't know who the Bears are. For me, yes, this is a Buc- – the Buccaneers should win this football game, especially in primetime. Tom Brady is, you know, he's a machine under the lights. So primetime Tom Brady all day. Exactly, yeah. Um, but that's the other thing too with the like the 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 box. It's one of those things where it's like, okay, I want to see how that. Like I said, it's not this week; it's next week against Green Bay. Is that game I look at as okay? Mm-hmm. Who are you? But for the Bears right now, I'm just like, you know what? They're coming back to earth. Their first, they were the probably the worst three and exactly. in NFL history. Um, next up is a game that's a little, it's a little iffy. You probably I'll watch it if I get it on Red Zone, which is the Panthers at the Falcons. Uh, I'm going to say Panthers are going to win this just simply because I like to laugh at Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> we're we're back into like who is this team? Like what is going on with the Falcons? I mean, how do you give up double digit leads the amount of times that they have this season? Like Matt Ryan's playing well, Hayden Hurst is working out. They've obviously got Todd Gurley down there, but to your point, I'm probably going to go with more of the known commodity than the unknown commodity. I think I'm probably going to pick the Panthers for this football game too. Because I think with them, like the first couple weeks, like look, they had Tampa and then they had um, Vegas in week one. But with Carolina, Mm -hmm. like Matt Rule is gone in there. Because I know there was a lot of people not who were skeptical of him. They were skeptical because of how much he was getting paid as a rookie head coach, which I know would probably rub a lot of owners the right wrong way because $7 million for a rookie head coach is a very big investment. He's making, for what he's got, he's making it work, and we'll see what happens when Christian McCaffrey comes back. Yeah, CMC being out is big, but yes, I'm 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 still taking the Panthers in that football game. I just don't I just don't know what to expect from the Falcons. So I'm the same way as you. Um, next up, uh, easy one: uh, Ravens over Bengals. I'm sorry, Bengals looked good. Drill Burrows looked good, but I'm not like we were saying with uh, you're going to go get with the familiar. I'm going to go with the familiar and say that hey, Baltimore wins this game. Yeah, the, yeah, that's Baltimore's game to lose. I mean, the Bengals are going into you know into Baltimore, and let's be honest, you know, Lamar Jackson is still the NFL MVP from last year. Joe Burrow isn't quite ready. You know, he's not he's not there. He hasn't arrived yet. Tyler Boyd, Tyler Boyd has been has done very well this year. Surprisingly, AJ Green. You know, I like AJ. I actually wanted AJ Green in Buffalo last year. I wanted the Bills to make a move for him, uh, and right now I'm much happier with who we got, Stephon Diggs. Uh, but yes, I th- you and I might be on the same page with a lot of these games. With a lot of these games, yeah, um, I got Ravens over Bengals. Like the other thing with the Ravens too is like, look, they're I know they got their doors kicked in against Kansas City, but ever since then, and that's the other thing too. I wanted to say Big with the time. Bills, if the Bills can win the games that they're supposed to win, the confidence in that team is only going to go up. That's right. Um, Jacksonville, Houston. Um, I'm going to go different. Even though Jackson, like Houston's, look bad, I think this head coaching thing is going to 
have a spark in it, which as soon as I saw Bill O'Brien, I was like, um, yeah, you're about six months too late on that. And even <laughs> the trade still baffles me. Like if I'm Steve Kime and I receive that phone call, I'm like, sure, absolutely. But in my mind, I'm going like, okay, you're a moron. Um, but I'm going to say Houston gets their first win here. I think we kind of see Deshaun Watson kind of not blossom, but like be Deshaun Watson. And also to one thing I want to say quickly, I don't know what college you watch. I don't think Dabble Sweeney will go there. I think Eric Bieniemy should be the next head coach of the Texans. I don't want to. I don't want to get into head coach speculation um, as far as that goes because clearly I have an offensive coordinator who's you know going to be vying for a head coaching position as well. What I would say about that Texans team, you know, is is Romeo Cornell stepping in as the interim, and players love Romeo. Romeo doesn't have a great win loss record and head coach uh, track record in the NFL, but the players love him. To be honest with you. I just don't know what to expect. That Texans team is not the same without Deshaun Watson. And to be honest, I think I think the Jaguars have enough juice. And I hate Doug Marone, so don't get the wrong idea. But I think the Jaguars have enough juice. I understand your point, and I could agree with you. But I'll take the just to be different. I'll take the Jags in that football game. I get that completely. Do not need to apologize. Um, the other thing I was going to say too is I don't think Romeo Cornell's there in twenty one. I just think it look if he can steer them to like a 10 oh, no. record from an zero and four start, that's. A- that's about six and four record down the stretch. So if he can do that, I think it's a success, but I don't see that going that way. Um, and right. I can see you hating Doug Marone. And like I said, I only said the Eric Bieniemy thing just because I think he should have been hired as a head coach already. That's all. I don't want to get into speculations now either. We'll worry about that in about three months from now. Um, <laughs> next, next up is actually a buff. I'm going to call this game the Buffalo Bills sandwich because it's the Las Vegas Raiders visiting the Kansas City Chiefs. In week five. So the Bills play the Raiders week four. Chiefs play the Bills in week six. But this mm-hmm. game, <laughs> I think we're going to see – last week we saw Patrick Mahomes, like I say, look pedestrian. He ain't looking pedestrian against John Gruden. He's going to look like the Patrick Mahomes of old. Uh, I'm a big Derek Carr fan. Um, I, I always have been. I'm not a closet Derek Carr fan. I just like Derek. I like the game that he brings. Derek is surprisingly a good quarterback with a bad win-loss record. Now, clearly, uh, you know I'm not going to say that win, wins and losses are you know only a quarterback stat, uh, but for all intents and purposes, for me. Like I said, I like Derek, but I don't think Derek's got enough to overcome this Chiefs game, right? So, I, yes, I got Chiefs as well. I think Derek Carr as well. I think he's just got he's under too much of a microscope. Like apparently, him and John Gruden are neighbors and stuff like that as well in Vegas. And I think also in Oakland. But Raiders, it's one of those situations where I feel like winning the Saints game was like their peak. Like, oh, it's like. Like I'm gonna reference the Bills again, just obviously because you're a Bills fan. But like, you remember those days of old with the Bills, where it was like you guys would get off to like a three and zero start, and then you yep. like play like New England or someone like that, and then kind of like you come back down to earth. Yep. That's what I feel like the Raiders are this season. After they beat the Bills, I'm like, uh, not the Bills. After they uh, beat the Saints, I was kind of like, okay, I think this is too good to be true. And then the next week they go into New England, and the weapons that looked great against the Saints. Like, you did not see Darren Waller at all in that game. And, like, even last week, too, like, Josh Allen went into Vegas and just had a day, which I'm in a few fantasy leagues, and in one of those fantasy leagues, he's been looking good to me. (laughs) Yeah, no, they you're right on it. So I'm I'm, I'm right there with you as far as just everything you just said. I mean, it's – I don't don't know – yeah – I think the point for me for what you're talking about is who are the Saints? Like, can we figure out who the Saints are? Because I'm not necessarily sure I know who the Saints are at this point either. So 
I'm in the same. I'm in the same boat. Like I actually, the stories would say is I live with two Saints fans. My dad and my sister are both fans of the Saints. So sometimes with my criticism of them, I have to be a little bit hush hush. But um, you know what? <laughs> it's the same thing too. Like it's kind of like the what are the Raiders? I'm gonna also call the Raiders too. The um, they're my Dennis Green team. Like they are who we thought they were. Um, but yeah, right. Saints too. It's another one where I think if they got to get another game in there, where like they have a bit of a challenge because like play Vegas and look wonky, and then the same thing with um, Green Bay. But then go in and I know they got off to a bad start against Detroit, but then they looked good in the rest of the game and won it. I want to see them play another good team and see how they do there, and then that's where I'll probably make my fine, more or less judgments on how they're going to do the rest of the season. Yeah, smart. I get that. Um, and the next game we got to, uh, same thing, it's pretty standard and easy. But at the same time, too, I could see an upset here with the Cardinals and the Jets, but I am a smart football person. I am not stupid. Uh, I'm going to take the Cardinals over the Jets for this one because um, I, I, I I don't know how much of this podcast I listened to before, Joe, but the Cardinals are kind of that sweetheart team for me. Like, you know that bad team that you have no like real affiliation or ties to, but you kind of want to see succeed? Right, right. That's the Cardinals for me. Like, I something... I like Kyle. I like Kyler Murray, and also Cliff Kingsbury is. He's impressed me, but then there's moments where I'm like a little iffy on the guy. Yeah, so uh, Kyler's a, clearly a talented kid, um, and Cliff 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 Kingsbury, sorry, uh, likes to throw the screen a little too much. And at this point, at this point, defenses have kind of caught up to him, right? So, I mean, there's an aspect that you know Kyler's regressing a little bit right now. Doesn't mean that he's going to have a bad season. He's just regressing right now a little bit. Um, I see no way in hell that the Jets beat the Cardinals. Like Adam Gase is the worst head coach probably of all time. Um, there's just there's no reason for him to even be head coaching in the NFL. And not to mention, you know, you're talking about Greg Williams, uh, who is also a former Buffalo Bills uh, head coach. But Greg Williams is just dirty. Um, at the end of the day, I just hope they can protect Kyler because that team headhunts like nobody does. Um, and I, I can't wait to see Williams out of, out of the league, and I can't wait to see Gase out of the league, even though – you know, I'd prefer that the Jets extend Adam Gase. They they won't, but there's no way the Jets win this football game. The Jets might go 0-16 this year. It'll be interesting to see. It will be. And also, too, you know how the Texans had that uh, big three schedule at the start of the year? Yep. Just looking ahead at the Jets' schedule, after this week, they have the Cardinals, and the next week at the Chargers. They have then versus the Bills, at the Chiefs, and versus the Patriots. So good luck with wow. that if you're a Jets fan. <laughs> Um, yeah, we hate we hate the Jets. Let's be honest, yes, right? We can agree so. upon that. We both hate the New York Jets, and honestly, too, I'd love to see them extend Adam Gase, even though. Yes, yeah. and that was the other thing Joe was going to say about Greg Williams. Is last week they played some of the most undisciplined football I've ever seen from a defense before. And I don't know Greg Williams has all the bounty, the bounty gate and bounty hunting scandal and all that stuff. But I'm just watching this like Jesus Christ, guys! You're like this is why you're bad, not because like of your who you're who's on your team, but the way that you're coached and the fact that you just have like just a dirty style of football. Like that's not going to win in today's yep. NFL. Would that work in 1977 and, and like through like to the eighties? Yeah. 2020. No, nah, it doesn't work. Yep. Um, yep. You're on it. Yeah. The next game I want to talk about uh, quickly is uh, Eagles at Steelers. Steelers coming off of a mini buy, which I know last week, Ben Roethlisberger, not Ben Roethlisberger, Mike Tomlin said it's okay, but Ben Roethlisberger this week was like, Oh, I'm a little pissed only getting a three day bye, which I'm like, okay, Ben, you're just like, like I'm like, you're an injury waiting to happen. So for much as we talked earlier about the Bills and the Patriots it, without their quarterbacks are screwed, this is another team too. Ben Roethlisberger goes down, their season's over, but Oh, for sure. 
I Steelers win this game. I think I think honestly the Steelers too. I call them a dark horse going into the year. Like obviously they're not like a dark horse like for example the Arizona Cardinals or like I had the Indianapolis Colts in there as well. But with the Pittsburgh Steelers, like they're a team where they can potentially make some noise and go on a deep playoff run, especially too. They're up there with Bills for some of the better defenses in the NFL. The thing that confuses me about the Steelers is like, you know, the Steelers were awful last year. I mean, the defense was great, but the, you know, the offense wasn't that great and they've played practically nobody so far this year. And, but Ben comes back and all of a sudden it's like, oh, we're going to power rank them number three or number four ahead of everybody else. And it's like, can they show us something first? Um, because I don't know that I've seen enough from the Steelers to, to, to make them Super Bowl contenders. Now, clearly, you know, Mike Tomlin is a great head coach. You know, Ben Roethlisberger is going to – he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, and Juju Smith-Schuster is Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, I believe the Steelers are going to win this football game. You might find the Eagles surprise them. The Eagles have a tendency around this time of the year, every year, to sneak up and surprise somebody. This is kind of – it seems like it seems like this Eagles team starts the year slow every year and then figures it out somewhere around week five, week six, week seven. So there's a chance the Eagles could sneak up and beat the Steelers. It's going to be a good test. I think we're going to find out. We're going to find out, are the Steelers for real this week, or are they not? So, And it'll be a good litmus, litmus test for them, in my opinion. I agree with you exactly on that. But also, too, with uh, one other coaching thing I want to say quickly is that if the Carolina Panthers like knock the doors off the Atlanta Falcons, uh, I think Dan Quinn's out of a job by Sunday night. That's just one other thing I wanted to say. Um Dude, it's it's crazy. The head coaches that are on the—I mean, these aren't like hot seat head coaches. These are head coaches that are getting fired. Dan Quinn, Adam Gase, these guys are getting fired. Like the dude up at the Peterson, right? The dude up in the dude, the dude in Philly might get fired after this year. Like it's crazy. Yeah, and like because also too, I think Philly as well. Like I know some Eagles fans. They want how they want Howie Roseman's head on a stick. Um, right. And the next game, next game on here is Bill Titans. But I'm. Do you want to talk about that one now, or do you want to save that for last? Because I feel like. Like, no, you let's talk about the last. We'll save the best for last. Yeah. Um, next up is the Rams versus the football team, which is actually my pick in my survival pool for this week. Uh, my girlfriend was going to go Cardinals wow. and Jets, but I convinced her to not use the Cardinals just because there's a small part of me that's going by the way the Cardinals looked against like the Panthers and the Lions. That there's I, I have a small mm. doubt that hey maybe the Jets may surprise people and actually win a football game. But I I'm going <laughs> with the Rams just because and even to uh, one. Before I go back to this game, I just want to go back to the Steelers quickly. The Steelers, I find this year, always have a tendency to play down to the level of their competition. We saw it against Denver. We saw it against New York. And we also saw it, too, for a bit against Houston, where for a while, Houston had the lead, and then Pittsburgh had to like kind of turn that, put their foot on the gas just a little bit harder. And then that, that's what got them to 3-0. Right. Um, right. But with this game, like I said, I picked for survival. I'm obviously going with Jared Goff. I'm not going to go with Kyle Allen just because – Washington, I think they were like Jacksonville, where that week one, they were like, oh, hey, maybe they got something there. And then you realize, no, they're not. They just had one lucky game to throw everyone off their survival. Because if you um, get a hint by now, my week one survival pick was the Indianapolis Colts. Oh, very good. Yeah, no, I mean, it's uh, the Rams are winning this football game. I mean, the, the Washington Redskins are very much trying to figure out who they are. I mean, obviously, your heart goes out to Ron Rivera, everything he's going through with the cancer stuff. And it can't be easy to stay in that position. And you got to wonder... As much as you know, you, you, the dude is manning up, for lack of a better term. But why they're not going the route of the Colts when uh, uh, Pagamo, it was Pagamo, right, had uh, had uh, cancer and uh, Hodgkin's disease, I believe, and he like stepped away, and that's when Caldwell got his shot, right? So Caldwell took over for him. Um, that was Arian. 
Was it Arians? Gotcha. Um, but uh, I just don't. I don't understand what's going on there, and I don't know that Dwayne. Ha- First of all, I lived in Columbus for 13 years. I saw Dwayne Haskins being a bust in the NFL coming from a mile away. Um, so I'm not surprised at all that Haskins didn't make it or couldn't make it. So I don't know why Redskins fans are. Oh, sorry, I don't know why the Washington football team is. Um, to your point, I don't know that Allen's going to be any better. That team is. It's gonna. They're in. Re, they're in full on rebuild mode. I mean, at this point, it's going to be a couple of years. The Rams. The Rams are going to own that. They're going. They're coming. Clearly, they're coming from the West Coast to the East Coast again. Another one o'clock start. But this is one of those times when the Rams shouldn't have a problem. McVeigh at this point has only lost one one o'clock game West Coast to East Coast. So and it was against the Bills this year. Um, but yeah, the Rams. Give me the Rams all day there. Exactly. Um, that's. I guess I have nothing else to say. And also, too, the fact I just realized this: they have not played a team. They've only played one team outside of an Eastern time zone, and that was the Dallas Cowboys week one. Besides that, they played all Eastern time zone teams, even at SoFi Stadium. Really? Um, wow. We're just going through this list. Next up, it's same thing. This is an easy one. Miami Dolphins, 49ers. Jimmy G status as of now, I think, is still unknown. But I think the Niners bounce back as long as, like, we're going to talk – I'm going to talk about this with the Patriots in a minute. As long as you don't start Nick Mullins, because we kind of found out last Sunday that kid's not an NFL quarterback. But – I think this is a close one. Like, the spread is nine right now. But if I had to guess, I think this is a lot closer of a game than people think. But I still see San Francisco eking out a win. Uh, This might be the only time that I pick against you. So, for me, uh, give me the Dolphins in this game. And I am not a Dolphins fan. I can't stand them. Uh, Clearly, I've got uh, some sentimental love in my heart for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, I just – I like what the Dolphins are trying to put together. Um, I like – uh, just as far as you know, the Gaskin kid is playing well. Devontae Parker's playing well. That defense is it's decent, and you can't go wrong with with, with Gasicki. I mean, Gasicki is a dominant player. Obviously, George Kittle is the 49ers' offense, uh, and that defense, it, much like the Bills' defense, hasn't returned to form necessarily yet. But I'm going to take the Dolphins in that football game. So that's the one game I'll, I'll, I've picked against your or picked opposite you thus far. I think it's all good. This is a game too where honestly, if Miami won, I would not be shocked because if. San Francisco goes two and three. I don't think it's time to hit the panic button, but it's kind of like, is that Super Bowl hangover? It's a more real thing than people think. Sure. Um, the next game we have, I have on my, it's on my score app, is very interesting only because I think this is that game where you're going to find out, okay, who's legit and who's not legit. And that is the Indianapolis Colts going to visit the Cleveland Browns. I think you're going to find right. out here where each football team stands. Like, are we going to say, oh, is Cleveland for real or is was Cleveland just handed a lucky hand by getting the Dallas Cowboys, the Washington football team, and the Bengals back to back to back? So to me, to me, the Cowboys are the are the are the are more the question in this game. Colts Browns, the Cowboys are the question because like the Cowboys can't figure anything out. You're talking about a football team that should be probably undefeated at this point, but whatever's going on there, it's it's a problem. So the Browns destroy the Cowboys, but but. The question has to be asked, who is Dallas, before you can ask, who are the Browns? I think the Colts win this football game. I think the Colts are the better coached football game. I think they've got the better quarterback in this football game. They may not have better talent around the field, but there's something stinky in Cleveland, in my opinion. And at the end of the day, I think Baker Mayfield has reached his ceiling. And unfortunately for Cleveland, and I got a lot of love for Cleveland and Cleveland fans, we're two and a half hours down the road from each other. I spent a lot of time in Ohio. I lived in Ohio for 13 years. Some of my best friends are Cleveland fans. And like we broed up like over the last 10, 15 years because our team sucked together. But at the end of the day, I think Baker Mayfield is who Baker Mayfield is. I think this is, you know, what you see is what you get. Um, and I don't know that there's any, any, any more ceiling out of him, like I said, than what we've got. Um, 
give me the Colts in that football game, and that's just me. I'm the same. I'm the same way too. Because only I said this before. Like the Colts, like the Bears, like how I said they were the worst three and team. Like we found out last week that hey, the Bears are pretenders. They're not contenders. That Colts defense is something to fear as well. They're they're another, yep. they're up there too for top defense. And one yep. thing that always goes unnoticed with the Colts is they have one of the best offensive lines in the league. Like Quentin Indeed. Nelson is just an animal. That's who I wanted. So he was, yeah. I mean, they, yeah. That's who I was hoping the Bills would go after, and then obviously the Colts tied him up. Yeah. So, yep. but um, with this game though, like where I say you're going to find out who both teams are. That's why I'm going with the Colts as well. I don't see the Browns winning this game. I think if anything, you're going to see the Browns come back to earth. Like how I never like when I see three and one two, I'm like, okay, you got your doors beaten off you against Baltimore, and then you happen to win three in a row against teams that are two that are not playoff teams at all, and then one team that we don't really know what's going on there. Um. But that's right. what I'm saying. This is that game where everyone's going to go, oh, hey, Browns are the Browns. And like you said, for all the talent they have, they have some good key pieces on defense, but Baker Mayfield's just not – I'll say this right now. Out of the top ten, there's no way – like if you rank Josh Allen not first, you're crazy. Like that's the only thing I got to say out of that top ten for the quarterbacks. For right. draft class, obviously right, for, sure. for overall talent, I may put Saquon Barkley ahead of Allen just because Saquon's um, – this is really Josh Allen's coming out part, even unfortunately when Saquon went down with the torn ACL. I'm not like not ripping Josh Allen. I'm just saying that Saquon's Saquon. But yeah, um, no, for yep. quarterbacks, the way that goes, it's Josh Allen above anyone else. So with like you said, with Baker Mayfield, this is that game where I think a defense is going to make him look make him look silly, for lack of a better term. We'll see. I I just don't have. I, and it, it hurts me to say it because I like his commercials. His commercials are funny. I just don't have any faith in Baker Mayfield. I think, like I said, what you see is what you get. I think, I think he is who he is at this point. Exactly. Oh, as uh, we're watching the game, Tampa Bay just got an interception, and looks like oh no, no pick six. Um, and also just to give you guys an update, the Buccaneers are up three nothing for listeners. As Joe, I assume you're probably watching this game right now as well too. I am not actually, but yes. So it's, thank you for the update. Three to nothing for the Bucks right now. Very good. Um, next up is a game which I want to. I'm actually gonna give a couple, not prop bets, but a couple props of what you think is more likely in this game. Giants Cowboys. Does Daniel? Does Dan? Excuse me. Daniel Jones throw for three touchdowns, or does the Cowboys defense hold him to only one or less? Oh my God! What's more likely to happen? Are you kidding me? Um, <laughs> first of all, the Giants are an amazing football team. They went out and they found the next Eli Manning as it pertains to stature and emotion. Like when you when you see Daniel Jones play football, he looks like Eli Manning. He pouts on the field like they look like the same player. Um, my guess is at this point, Daniel Jones is probably going to throw three three touchdowns before the Cowboys hold him to one. Um, I I don't even know how you pick this football game. The Cowboys should win, right? But at the end of the day. What what's going to end up on the field? A giant turd. I it's right. I mean, it's I I got to take the Cowboys because the Giants are so bad. But I bet you I bet you Daniel Jones still throws three touchdowns and the Cowboys win. That that's what I would say at this point. This game, I I think the same thing too. I think the Cowboys win, but then all you're going to have everyone going, oh look at the Cowboys, you're back. Where it's like, hold on, hold on, hold on. You should be zero four right now, Cowboys. Right. If there's a fan base I just hate in the NFL, it's the Cowboys because. They never are realistic. It's always, yo, Super Bowl, we do yep. boys, all that stuff. Where I'm like, yeah, yep. shut up. That's how we um, all are. But, like, this game, I only say that because of that, like I told you, pro football talk. I, I list, like I was listening to it today while I was at work, and Mike Florio straight up said that, so I wanted to ask you that too, the whole, he said that to Chris Sims, does Daniel Jones throw for three touchdowns, or does the Cowboys prevent him to only get one or none? 
at the rate the Cowboys defense is playing, because honestly, that was my question going there. It wasn't even the defense. It was I just knew the secondary was bad. I knew them over the Dolphins paying uh, Byron Jones more money than he's worth was a bad decision on the Dolphins' part. Mm-hmm. But I think this game is going to be a close scoring game. Like I still think the Cowboys are going to win, but it's like if I had to put a score on it, I'm going to say like 24 to 21. Like I think the Cowboys just squeak out a win, and then it's like, hey, look, we got our confidence back. We're two and three. When it's like, hold on, hold on, hold on, you beat the Giants. <laughs> yeah, the the Cowboys win this football game twenty four to twenty one, and uh, yeah, they get first run on Good Morning Football, right? The Cowboys are back, yeah. so yeah, right, exactly. I prefer it when they lose, just because I love to see Stephen A. Smith just happy in the evening when the Cowboys <laughs> lose. I'll take a Cowboys <laughs> loss. I'll take I'll take a Cowboys loss and a Patriots loss any day of the week. Just you know, both silver teams. So that's just the way it is for me. So. <laughs> all good it's all good no hard feelings in this podcast and um the next game which is a sunday nighter which honestly maybe the first worst actually not first worst the uh, you know, thursday night football was starting to get better um but also to actually one thing i forgot to mention about thursday night football earlier is the only reason the nfl may be happy about moving the game is because the apparently there's a presidential debate next thursday night so i guess guess the game could get killed in the ratings compared to that so that's mm. just one thing i wanted to know but i doubt it <laughs> I doubt it too. It's just foods. You have a great NFL football game, or you have the, the um, revol- revolting circus of two old men arguing. Exactly. But uh, we don't talk politics here. Um, but the next <laughs> game is Sunday Nighter, and I got off track, which I happen to do a lot. Sorry. But the Vikings and the Seahawks, this is a game where I'm like, what was NBC thinking by putting this on Sunday Night Football? Well, the Vikings were a playoff team last year. I mean, they weren't the they weren't the train wreck that they are right now. So, I mean, keep that in mind. So, I mean, you know, if you're talking January, February, March, this looks like a decent football game. But now, I mean, yeah. But that's it, Jefferson kid, though. Who knows? Who you know? He's wearing Stephon Diggs's number. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what comes out of this game. I'm taking the seat. I'm taking Russell Wilson. I mean, until Russell Wilson gives me reason not to take Russell Wilson this year, I'm taking Russell Wilson. Oh, I'm in the same boat with you. I'm going there, and I do agree with you too. I think I jumped the gun a little bit by saying that oh, this football game. Oh, and as a Tom Brady, just a bad snapper or something, he just fumbled a football. Um, mm. The Seattle team, they just looked good, but the defenses looked bad too. So, like, I honestly could see this game like being a shootout just because that's the style of play we've seen from Seattle in their first four games. Mm-hmm. To where I'm just looking ahead. I just want to look ahead at the Seahawks schedule quickly because I'm going Seattle too. I don't even need to dwell on it because I think Minnesota's in a like I said, I think uh Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman are gone at the end of the season. But their November is pretty tough up until the last game because after this they have their bye week and then they have at the Cardinals versus the 49ers at Buffalo November eighth, which is a very intriguing matchup. At the Rams versus the Cardinals and then at the Eagles. So they have that stretch right there where you're probably going to figure out who who is this team for the playoffs, not for the regular season. So that's just one thing I want to point out. But and also too, you know what I think? Like the whole, like you said, the whole situation in Minnesota is just a weird one. But you know what? I take that back. This is a game where if you look at it six months ago, yeah, this is a good Sunday night football matchup. But looking at this right now, week five in the NFL season, trash. Not the best matchup. Yeah, trash. Um, the next game I want to talk about is. The Denver Broncos losing the New England Patriots because for those of you who do not know yet, that game has been moved to Monday. Uh, the time is still to be determined. I'm just going to go on Twitter quickly and look it up. But uh, obviously, last I actually I am two and two with the Patriots. I did pick them to lose against uh, Seattle and against Kansas City, but 
I'm sorry if we lose to the Denver Broncos and go into our bye week two and three. Um, you're gonna see a very pa- you're gonna hear a very painful podcast whenever I do record next. But the <laughs> Broncos barely beat the Jets. I I think this is gonna be an ugly, low scoring football game. But I think the Patriots win. I don't see how the Patriots don't win. I guess for me, the the only question I have is 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 Cam going to play? If if Cam plays, it's a different football game. Obviously, if Cam is if Cam is still quarantined, has there been any information on whether or not he's had two negative tests yet? I mean, you know, if if Cam is still not tested negative, there's a chance that he might not play because I think it's five days after your second negative test, and the and the two tests have to be forty eight hours apart. Um, if Cam doesn't play. I don't know that that bodes well necessarily for for the Patriots. If Cam does play, you know, it's going to be, you know, Cam rushing for 100 yards again, right? So can the Denver Broncos stop Cam from rushing if Cam plays? So, yeah, I mean, what have you heard? Well, I don't know. I don't I don't have any news on Cam. What do you have? Um, the last I heard was just about the tests and stuff. I haven't heard anything really like I I think he's still on that COVID-19 reserve list. Like I personally haven't heard anything about his tests. Um, the only thing I see right here is our ESPN reporter, Mike Reese. The game is at 5 o'clock on Monday, which... Weird. I get why they're doing that. And also, too, for me, it's a holiday because it's our Thanksgiving this week. Yes, for Americans, Canadians celebrate Thanksgiving in October. Yes, you do. And I like... If this game was 5 o'clock and I was working, I would probably be leaving work at 4.30. But I'm off, so as long... Like, I think they're doing this because they don't want to clash with Saints and Chargers. Right. But or like do that again. But I don't know what network it's on. But and if like I just said, Mike Reese had it at about half an hour ago. That yeah, five o'clock on Monday. But like I said before, I haven't heard anything about Cam. Uh, hopefully, we hear something soon if he is going to play or not. But I'm also looking at if him not playing is not at in the worst case scenario, just because I want him fully healthy for after the bye week for when we have that stretch where in three and four where we have the 49ers, the test against the Bills. And then the and then there's the Jets in there, but we'll X that out. And then the Ravens, right? So like, I want Cam for the Cam and Gilmore back for those three crucial games because that's a right. those are crucial games that determine how our season's going to go. For sure. Yeah, but with this game though, I think if Bell Belichick can have a full week, I feel like right now he is preparing to play with Stidham because if Hoyer is in there, I'm going to throw a brick to my television. <laughs> I'm like, I literally. I, I know I I am very sound very bad right now just because I'm complaining about Patriots football, but I there's moments in time like where I'm like mad at Tom where you look or even you do it too with a Bills player where you're like what were you doing there what were you thinking but when you have two critical no like you don't do anything in the red zone it's just me being like this is the most frustrating I think the most frustrating game I've ever watched as a Patriots fan because you're just like oh as a uh, Tampa Mike Evans oh Mike Evans gets a touchdown. Um, I, I turn the game on, but I, I'm at the point where like I'm still on a commercial, so you're ahead of me. So, oh, okay, yeah, it's a, it's uh, let's see this here. Oh yeah, Eddie Jackson's getting called for a defensive hold, and Mike Evans still caught the ball. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm watching on my i I'm watching on my iPad. I'm watching the NFL Network. I just popped it on. I, I just popped up my iPad and threw it on. So, uh, true. I'm watching a muted version of uh, Fox. Gotcha. On my TV right now, but because it's simulcasted through a Canadian network called CTV, I get their commercials. So maybe that's why. Yeah. Yep. But with this game, though, like I think if Belichick has the time, he's going to do a game plan that works with Jared Stidham. And also, too, I think that for as good as the Broncos' defense is, it's not Kansas City. So I feel like Bill's going to have him give those chances to do well. Because the other thing, too, is Monday, 
The Patriots, if it's not for that pick six, it's only a nine-point loss, which I could take. But then the pick six, I was like, the first one wasn't even on Stidham. That's on Edelman. Edelman, you have to make that catch or just try to make sure the ball doesn't end up in, oh, I don't know, one of the best defensive backs. Right, right. Um, But besides that, like, I think this game, like, if I had to put a score on it, I'm going to say something very, like, low, like 17 to 10. Like, I think the Patriots running game, because Damian Harris impressed the hell out of me in that Monday night game against Kansas City. And also, too, if our defense can play the way they did Monday night containing Patrick Mahomes, I don't think containing Brett Rippon is going to be a problem. It's just right. the only worry is with no Gilmore and Jerry Judy, that's where the only concerns come in for me. Yeah, Gilmore is going to be a game changer. With with no Gilmore, it's going to it's going to open up, you know, obviously what that Denver uh, offense can do, but it you know, it's you you can't remove a shutdown corner from an NFL football field and not feel the effect. You just can't, I, even if you're Bill Belichick. So I'm sure he'll have them coached up, and he'll make up for it if Gilmore isn't going to be there, which he's not, right, because he's on the COVID list. Uh, but yes. without – I mean, Gilmore – and if if Cam doesn't play and Gilmore doesn't play, be worried. That's all I would tell you as a Patriots fan. And I'm going to love every minute of it, but be worried. So, Oh, I'm, I'm – wor- until I see Cam cleared, I'm going to be worried. I just – I'm thinking positive about this game because I do not want to lose to the Denver Broncos. It's just the other thing I realized, too, is that Vic Vangio is going to have this defense wall coach to defend Jared Stidham. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. But if Cam doesn't play as, oh, Cordell Patterson's making a run for it. Um, if Cam does play, though, that's going to throw a big wrench into, into Fangio's game playing. I'm, I know Pat Shermer's their all, all OC. I don't know who the DC is. I'm blanking on his name right now for Denver. And frankly, I don't know either. Part of me doesn't really. Part of me, that's the thing. Like the Broncos are one of those teams where I'm just like, if they were to be 0 and 16, I would not care. Even though they, I just learned this recent, not recently, but like a few years ago, that they are one of the most successful NFL franchises when it comes to terms of always making the playoffs. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's good. That's a good nugget. That's a good nugget. I did not know that. Yeah, before this year, apparently it was like not back. You had to go back to like the 70s when they missed this many playoffs in a row. Wow. Yeah. Um. So if. I worry, but if you had to pick a winner, are you still are you going to go New England or are you going Denver? It's it's up in the air for me. I mean, if if I'm probably going to pick New England, right? But if it's game time and there's no Cam and no Stephon Gilmore, I'm probably picking Denver at that point. But give me give me give me the Patriots at this point. Love to hear that, especially from a Bills fan. Um, <laughs> I'm also not, I'm also up, not as worried about the Patriots this year. So, <laughs> right? <laughs> I understand completely. Yep. Um, I'm just going to check that Twitter feed quickly, actually, because that was from ESPN Boston who confirmed, uh, who, who reported the game time, but then it was official from Mike Reese, who is the reporter for the Patriots. Let's see here. Yeah, the facility's closed after. There's been no new positives from the Patriots, so I can tell you that. That's good. That's good news. And we're, we're worried in Buffalo just about the fact that the Bills played the Raiders, and the one Raider that, that got it. Uh, hugged Josh Allen after the football game, so it's just like, oh, this is not awesome. Not, a, but the same thing happened to Pat Mahomes, the one, uh, the one dude from the Patriots, Gilmore, that ended up with COVID, hugged Pat Mahomes after the football game. It's like, oh, this is not one. This is not ideal. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> this is not ideal. No, it's not. The other thing I want to say too is, um, I think you know how they were saying, oh, don't exchange jerseys. They have to eliminate post game interactions like that if they want to, if they're worried about COVID spreading. Like, like the, all these health officials right now, and they're probably doing the same thing too in, uh, in the Buffalo area, Erie County, is don't hug people and don't high five people. Right. So, like, that's the one thing I got to say too. And also, too, I think 
for the players, I think they should be making them wear masks when they're on the sideline. But you get off you, when it's your time to go and play, take your mask off, go on the field. It's kind of like, you know, when you go to – I don't know what the rules are in Buffalo, but – or if you've been to a restaurant since COVID or if they're even open. There. Oh, they are. Yeah, I go to restaurants all the time. I'm living my life like normal, so I'm, I'm masked up. I, I have to wear masks, but because it's the, the law, they coded it, so it's a codified law in New York State now. Uh, but no, my family and I, are we live our lives as normal as we possibly can in a very restricted blue state. Uh, blue meaning Democrat-led state, uh, highly Democrat state, um, not a red state, a Republican state. So, um, no, I mean, it's... there. I don't understand certain things. So there's no reason as much as I get, you know, you can't run with a mask on like you, there's certain things you can't do. There's there's an aspect for me. I don't understand why every player is visored and why every player doesn't have some sort of a cloth across the face mask, like the bars of the face mask. Not that they would wear a mask tight to their face, but if spit is the issue, right? Droplets, as we've heard, why not visor every player? So like spit can't get in their eyes. And why not just put a cloth across the bars of the face mask and then the bottom would be open. They'd still be able to breathe. Everything would be fine. Um, who knows why the NFL does what the NFL does. So I, I don't I think I'm smart. I can't be smarter than everybody else. But sometimes I wonder if I've got more smarts and common sense than other people do. Or I should say the NFL does at least. So. Well, I'm in the same boat as you. And I was only asking about that because I do the same thing too. Like when I go to restaurants here. Like when I was reverting to the whole, hey, you take your, you put your mask on for when you're on the sidelines, but when you get off the sidelines, when you go to play, you take it off. Because I was saying it's like the same thing when you're in a restaurant too. You walk in with your mask on, you get to your table, you take it off. That's the only reason I'm saying sure. that. And also too, um, one other thing I wanted to learn is that while there were no new positives uh, after Thursday's morning point of contact te- uh, testing, the Patriots are taking additional precaution and will continue to prepare with virtual meetings and no practice again on Friday per a team official. That's via Adam Schefter. If, right. If you're not a football fan, you don't know who that is. Um, you, I don't know what to say. <laughs> Good old Shefty. <laughs> yeah. But um, that's the other reason why I'm glad that they moved the game because the Patriots are going to need at least one day in the facility. If they had this game still on Sunday, I don't think we win. Sure. Because, like, look, there's a difference between virtual and being on the field preparing because you have to be on the field to prepare. Because, like, that's the other thing I was saying too this year with all the injuries going on. That's why I knew it was going to happen. Like, when people are going, oh, they should be ready to go for the season. But I'm like, there's a big difference with eliminating those preseason games. That's why you see guys like, unfortunately, Saquon Barkley, Nick Bosa, Corton Sutton, uh, Tariq Cohen out for the year. And also to OJ Howard add to that list now. Right, right. Yeah, right. Um, and we only got a couple games left, so I just want to bank through this quickly because we've been talking for a very long time. Don't want to take up too much of your night, Joe. But yeah, the, yeah. Saints, the Saints at the Chargers, which is the perfect opportunity to go um, – Hey, this is another game where Justin Herbert's looked really good. Yeah. And I think this is a test for the Saints to not so much see. Actually, you know what? Never mind. I was going to say the wrong thing. This is a perfect test to see where they are because you're playing a pretty average football team. And the last time you played a pretty average football team, you got embarrassed in the primetime slot on Monday Night Football. So if they can go into this game and win, and not just win, but win convincingly, they're going to get the eye of a lot of people back. Sure. Yeah, it's it's going to be this should be a fun game. And and the good news about this game is 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 the nation is going to get, get to see this this uh, uh or Herbert kid play because he's got talent. Like and, and as much as I love Anthony Anthony Lynn, also former Buffalo Bills coach, uh offensive coordinator when Tyrod was here, um that Herbert kid can play. He's a good football player. And I'm I'm I I'm a big I'm a big Drew Brees fan. And I think most of the NFL is he's he's the kind of guy that you just can't not like. Like Drew Brees is just a very likable person. And I'm on the hunt to find out if Drew Brees still has it or not. And I know there was a lot of talk this week on Good Morning Football 
as whether or not he can make certain throws outside the numbers. Does he still have the arm that he needs? And, you know, same questions that they're asking about Brady with all the pick sixes that he's throwing. Um, I like I like the I like the Saints in this football game. You know, the, the Chargers are a fun team to watch. Is Austin Eckler going to be out still? I don't. Is Austin is Eckler? Where is he at? Do you know where he's at? Do you see it anywhere? If he's if he's in the game in this game or not? He, he is confirmed out for this game. I think he's out for a few weeks because I got the fantasy. That makes a big difference. Yahoo. Austin Eckler was upgraded from out to doubtful. I think that came in today. So if you know this far out, then he's out. Gotcha. I think he's out for the next few weeks. Yeah, probably. So, I mean, for all intents and purposes, you know, give me the Saints in that football game. So, and I bet you Anthony Lynn is probably also another head coach that's gone at the end of this season. Just a guess. Not as hot as not as hot as Gase and Quinn, uh, but he's probably gone. I think it's one of those things where it's like, hey, um, sorry but not sorry kind of firings. Where it's like one of those like you right. kind of you saw it coming, not saw it coming. You you had a feeling, but you weren't sure if it was going to happen. That's what I think about him. Unlike. Sure. Gase, uh, Quinn, Matt Patricia is another one, even though I oh, have a gone. top spot from as a former Patriot. I gone. will say this with him. The only reason why that hasn't worked out, he, Brian Flores took Bill Belichick mannerisms and is using it to his style. Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn are trying to build a culture in New England. That's why I think they went out and got like Jamie Collins and Dan- Danny Amendola, Danny mm-hmm. Shelton, Deron Harmon, because they're like, look, they're going to listen to me. Meanwhile, when you're a coach and you lose that much of the locker room and you fight like Dan Orlovsky on because uh, I get serious satellite radio up here, so I get to listen to ESPN radio. I mm-hmm. listened to his rant on the Lions on KJZ, which is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Dan Orlovsky is wrong in a lot of things. And I know he's also tooting the job. He's on, he's probably the biggest sports caster for the Josh Allen for MVP. Mm-hmm. But he nailed it on the head that Jim, like literally Matt Patricia in three years is already going to break Jim Caldwell's loss total. And Jim Caldwell had some nine and seven seasons where the Lions made the playoffs. So this is one of those cases where I think there's just a mix in ownership right now with the Lions. The Lions are, um, they're lost. They just need, I think they need to tear it down and build from new and get Matt Stafford the hell out of Detroit. Yeah, no, you're probably right. So, yeah. That's just one thing I want to say quickly, but going, going back to this football game, um, I think Herbert's going to have some impressive plays, but at the end of the day, this is a game where, like we were saying earlier, the better football team wins, and that is the Saints. Even though the Chargers have a really good defense, I think they're going to give Breeze some trouble. I think at the end of the day, Breeze is going to be Breeze and make those plays. And especially to, like, you know how you're saying with the Patriots, if no Cam, be worried. If no mm-hmm. Michael Thomas, I would be worried. Because otherwise, if Michael Thomas is in there and he's back, I think that's a, think some, something really big to worry about for the uh, mm-hmm. Great, great point. They are not the same football team without Michael Thomas. Great. I mean, Kamara has stepped it up, stepped up his game to kind of fill that void over the last couple games. But yeah, without Michael Thomas, they are a different football team. And last but not least, um, it's the game that I know all of you from the 716, I know you, Joe, have been waiting to talk for, but is the rescheduled Bills-Titans game, Tuesday night football, 6 o'clock, which I think, I don't know why you don't put this game at 7 or 8. And right. A special presentation of, CB, of the NFL on CBS, which I don't, that's the one thing too I was about to say, I don't know what network's going to carry both games, but I assume CBS will. Yeah, I, I couldn't. If you're asking me, I couldn't tell you. It, I mean, it's, they're AFC games, so they're two AFC teams playing playing in an AFC game head-to-head. So if it was originally scheduled on the a, like the CBS channel, the AFC affiliate, i got to think it's going to be CBS. Um, would naturally get that game, get that remake. As far as this football game goes, it's going to come down to who's on the field for the Titans. Um, 
you know, they're obviously, you know, Corey Davis is, I think, is either out or probable. No, he's out. And then you got A.J. Brown is probable or questionable for this football game. Um, there's, a, there's a war of attrition going on for this Titans football team, but they've also gotten two weeks of rest. Now, they haven't been able to practice, at least not legally, as it pertains to NFL rules inside of their own facilities. Um, but for me, you know, Ryan Tannehill, it's going to be, this is going to be a fun game. The Bills played the Titans last year and they beat Marcus Mariota. Uh, they beat him on, you know, there was a, a late touchdown that Josh Allen threw to Duke Williams and, and Bills fans love Duke Williams, former Canadian football league player, Duke Williams. Um, but the interesting thing for me about this football game is that Ryan Tannehill is now the quarterback and Ryan Tannehill historically, much like the Bills have never played well against Brady. Uh, like Tannehill has been awful against Buffalo. Buffalo has just had his number. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. But I, you know, if, if I'm going to take a team in, in this football game, sp- especially considering the COVID stuff that's going on and the fact that they've had, what is it, upwards of 20 people? You said it earlier, you know, people in that organization with COVID that are, you know, quarantined and not obviously probably even working or can work and players that aren't going to be in the field. I'm taking Buffalo in this football game all day long. So that's just, you know, I don't think it's just me. I think everybody's taking Buffalo. Oh, no, I'm taking the Bills, too. And I said this earlier because I also um, do NFL predictions on TikTok just because I have a bigger audience on there right now than I do with this podcast. That's cool. But I did this right before I came on a green screen. I just took a photo of the Adam Schefter tweet saying the Bills game has moved. And I said that next week is going to be a battle of the undefeateds with the Bills and the Chiefs. So that Mm. already says it there. I am... Yeah. That if this game was in uh, at the stadium in Buffalo, which hopefully you guys are a lot of fans soon, like you were saying, it's just uh, Cuomo being a bit of an idiot. But we'll get mm-hmm. to that in a minute. This game is one of those ones where I feel like you'd be hearing the uh, shout song a lot. Not, yeah. When I say a lot, like I don't mean like it's going to be a route or a sh- like a route. But at the end of the day, the Bills. I the, I do have the Bills winning this game. I like score. I don't know because I, with the Titans too, you don't know which Titans you're going to get. But at the same time, too, the Titans have a bad track record. Like, if you look at their 3-0, and a close game with Denver, a very close game with Jacksonville, and then a close game with Minnesota. So, like, they're the same thing as Chicago, too, where I'm kind of like, right. I wanted to see last week against the Steelers because, I, like, I think that's kind of like you're going to see who this Bills team is. But for right. all we know, this Bills team could late in the season turn it up, make the playoffs because Bills-Titans is a, playoff, is a, a matchup I could see happening in, and I know this probably gives you anxiety, in January again, the Music City Miracle. <laughs> I I can't see it. Um, just just because this Titans team uh, right now has the worst rush defense in the NFL, uh, and they've got one of the worst pass defenses in the NFL. If if you said you don't see it necessarily being a route, um, I can see this game potentially being a route. Like there's like this Titans foot. This Titans defense is not the defense they were last year, and without Corey Davis and without potentially AJ Brown. Uh, you know, Derrick Henry is all they've got. Now, don't get me wrong. The Bills' rush defense has not been good this year. Uh, they 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 stopped Josh Jacobs, which was big because Josh Jacobs is a premier running back in the NFL. Um, but the rush defense has been really bad. I mean, they gave up 100 and I don't remember what it was, 125 yards to Henderson from L.A. Um, so Derrick Henry might be their whole entire offense. It'll be it's going to be a fun game. It could potentially be the Bills could put a forty burger on them, and I wouldn't be surprised. But they could also win the game, you know, twenty four to twenty one, and I wouldn't be surprised. So it'll be interesting. Um, with the Henderson stat quickly, it was twenty carries for one hundred and fourteen yards, and the average about five point seven a carry. Right. Um. Just I know you guys still won the game. I just wanted to look that stat up because I was curious for myself. Yep. Um. It's important. Yeah. Exactly. Um. That's the thing when I say like I don't see it being a I don't see it like 
Oh, let's just say 28 to 3 because that's a fun score to throw out there. Like, I don't see it like that. I see it. Like, if I had to put a score on it, you know, I'm going to say 35 to 17, like where it's not a route, but it's not close. It's a good, right. It's a good Bills win. Because I think, right, gotcha. Like, and also, I think that rest, like a lot of people saying, oh, you had two weeks off. But in the case of the Titans, I think this rest is going to hurt them more than it'll help them, especially with the fact that you couldn't legally practice or enter the facility. That's my other worry, too, about the Patriots. We're coming for Monday night now. Right. Yeah, that's the, that's the only thing I wanted to say. Um, besides that, um, I, that, I have nothing else not to discuss. The only thing I just have to say is this was a lot of fun talking to a Bills fan, getting that full Bills perspective Good. because I know you do that. It was a pleasure yeah. to speak with you on the podcast to finally get you. I know you and I have been DMing on Twitter a lot <laughs> i'm I was really glad yeah. did you have a good time on the podcast today yeah dude yeah dude it's always fun it's 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 always fun just to come on and talk football uh with other football enthusiasts and and podcast hobbyists like myself um podcasting is a is a niche thing and there's there's a lot of us that do it and there's not a whole lot of people that listen to us necessarily when you think about you know the other alternative areas that they can get content from whether it's you know terrestrial radio or whatever um, but dude, it's just like I said, it's cool just to be on somebody else's show and and let other people hear my thoughts and opinions on stuff. So just the the opportunity that you've given me to have a platform is super cool, dude. I appreciate it. No problem, no problem. I will have to have you again on sometime soon. I I if you want me to come on at any time, maybe uh, I was going to say well we can talk about it off camera. I was about to say, but you are always welcome back on the YWC Football Talk podcast, my man. That'd be awesome, dude. It would be, it, that would be that'd be sweet. That'd be cool. No problem. Well, anyway, guys, thank you very much for listening. Like Joe said, you can just type in over, um, overreaction podcast on the uh, on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Yep. Find his podcast there. Uh, Twitter at Joe Miller. No, not Joe Miller. Joe Miller three is his name. Let me just get this up quickly. It's at Joe Miller Wired. Yeah, my Twitter handle is at Joe Miller Wired. On Joe yep. Miller Wired on Twitter, and uh, like I always say, guys, let's. Uh, Enjoy week five of the NFL season and just stay safe out there, guys. Have a good night. And like I just said before, I'll say it again. Enjoy week five of the NFL football season. Good night for now. Go Bills. Go Pats. (laughs) I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. We all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast. Heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. Do... Did Will the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.